I'm Kate Godley, and you're listening to Toro Town Talks. Kate Godley is the owner of Primitive Wellness, a family practice and yoga studio. And one of her main focus areas as a medical professional is lactation, helping mothers with the crucial task of breastfeeding. Before starting her own business, Kate worked at a clinic where she would see an average of 19 patients a day. There, she felt like she was simply sticking a band-aid on the patient's problem rather than giving them the best possible care. This proved to be an all-important part of the motivation for breaking away from the traditional clinic work and starting up her own business on her own terms, satisfying her own professional ambitions while increasing the quality of the care she's giving her patients. Kate Godley is part of American Underground in Durham, North Carolina, also known as the startup capital of the South. This episode of Town Talks was recorded at American Underground, and it's part of a series on the wide range of talents and businesses that occupy this unique community in downtown Durham. The first question for Kate will be a familiar one for returning listeners of Town Talks. When you've had a good day, what was it that made it so good? It's an awesome question. So when I think about this one, I think about a mom or a patient or a client um, walking away knowing exactly how to help their baby or help themselves be healthier. So sometimes that means that I've told them exactly what's worked for me, or sometimes we've delved into the background of their health issues. But the bottom line is that they feel this ownership over their health that they didn't feel before. What about a not so good day? What's a typical thing that can make your work life frustrating? So the hardest thing about medicine, in my opinion, is We may have the answer as the clinician, but we have to communicate to the patient. And oftentimes you go see the doctor and you walk out feeling like you missed that connection. So to me, that's, that would be the worst thing is if I see someone and then when they leave, I feel like either I didn't empathize enough. um, I tried to go straight to the answer sometimes, or I just missed maybe what their biggest concern was or their biggest complaint was. And I've given them sort of like the medical jargon, but not the real life application of how to heal. So one of the things you do is that you help mothers with breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. What was your initial realization there? Was everyone just doing it wrong and you figured out (laughs) what they should be doing instead? No. So when my first was born, we had this perfect birth, you know, ideal home birth actually. And then breastfeeding was a disaster. And I thought, well, I have all this knowledge and all this information and I still can't do this. So what about people that don't have support and don't have knowledge? And I started learning about the low statistics of breastfeeding. And I now knew how healthy it was for my kids. And I realized all these roadblocks were in the way. And so basically it was born from this need to help other women get rid of those roadblocks and just power through like I'd been able to power through. I was fortunate fortunate enough to have a lot of help and people who knew what they were doing, but a lot of women don't have that. And unfortunately, they get off on a really difficult journey of of parenting because they don't feel like they've been able to breastfeed. And so basically, I was trying to use my medical skills, but also, you know, the fact that I'd been in that position made a big, big difference. Oh, yeah. So your consulting business is called Primitive Wellness uh, with a name like Godly, where you're not tempted to use that for your business. So my my dad um, moved to Raleigh 
two years ago from Kentucky, and he has his own godly consulting business. Um, he's actually an aerospace finance person, totally different field, but um, he sort of stole that idea. And, um, and I also, I guess, didn't, I don't want to scare people away by talking about spirituality um, because most of us are surprised, I think, if we just go through modern day life and then sort of by accident are exposed to it. So I don't want people to come to me thinking I'm going to be preaching about something. No, right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so you you told me before uh, our talk here that you, uh, that you get to do what you love for a living. Uh, does it ever feel too good to be true? Yes. It sometimes, especially the last few weeks as I've been preparing to launch the family practice, it feels like, okay, what else is going to go wrong? What's going to go wrong now? Um, and so part of my yoga training has been to embrace the good and really enjoy and savor it at the same time that um, I've been through tough things. So I know the opposite of that. And that's why I can appreciate this right now. And I need to breathe through it and let go of any anxieties. Because, you know, there's so many moving parts with anything like this. that There's going to be bumps in the road and that's just how it is. And I'll get through them. So. What would you say is uh, the main thing that you can do differently in your professional life now uh, that you couldn't do before? Working at the clinic in Cary where it was super busy, I wasn't able to follow up with patients when I wanted to. Um, I wasn't able to go talk to nurses because I had to see the next patient. So there was this feeling of sticking a Band-Aid on a problem that was a chronic problem, knowing I was going to see that patient in two or three months and they were going to be in the same place. And so this way, I have the ability to follow up often. Um, I can have a certain patient load and cap my patient load, and I can see each patient for about an hour. In terms of, uh, say, the financial aspect of it, do you have any like strict business principles that you apply? So when I was an undergrad, I took a finance class where we, she you know, drilled into us about pay yourself first and to just have your savings. But I think with business, you also have to go with what you what your heart's telling you. And so timing is everything. So you can't miss an opportunity. So you have to be ready to lay it all out there. And with with the right amount of research mixed with going with your intuition, this to me is the is the key. That was my next question. If your approach is indeed more intuitive. Yes, probably because I didn't go to school for business and um But I do feel like the sociology of business is pretty obvious to me just from studying people, from trying to learn medicine. Um, and so it's, it's similar. I mean, I have to be someone that people want to sit down and tell really private things to, and I have to be able to market myself. And that at first, you know, four years ago felt really uncomfortable, but now when I am where I am, it feels much more natural. Are you in a sense happy you didn't go to business school? Yes. My dad has an MBA and he is, uh, regrets that he spent that time he thinks that you learn a lot more when you're in it doing it so. yeah okay so don't go to business <laughs> yes, folks. it's a waste of time to start a business <laughs> right yeah all right um continuing from that uh point uh, to what extent would you say you're in it to get rich none unfortunately i mean What I would like to do is be able to pay my, my babysitter. We have this amazing babysitter that I don't want to lose. And she is essentially parenting our kids with us. And we have her 20 hours a week. And so my goal is to be able to pay my babysitter and be able to have enough to invest in the next year's business. Um, 
I don't really have lofty goals in terms of uh, buying a bigger house or a better car. I'd like to walk to work. I mean, maybe one day I I would be able to be renting space downtown as well and have a, a medicine, an integrative medicine clinic downtown Durham. So I know what I need to do to get there, but I'm not not really in it for the money. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Maybe you would be if you went to business school. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of uh, emphasis on networking these days. If you're placed in a room full of your professional peers in a networking setting, none of which you met before, how do you usually react? So these days I find that I'm not shy at all because these opportunities don't come around that often. And so I'm hyper aware of the fact that that person might walk out of the room that I want to speak to and I won't see them again. So, and, and connecting in person is so much more valuable than connecting over the internet that I tend to just think of anything to say, and maybe it's a silly beginning, but it works. Um, because I have red hair, people tend to remember who I am too, which is kind of nice. It means that I often forget names and they know mine, but I just say, I'm so sorry, I forgot your name. I remember this and this about you. And so um, so I think I, I guess the key is that I see that it's a really precious situation to just go up and start talking to people. And people are so interesting and they have such great stories. I find everyone interesting. So that makes it easy too. What role models or even mentors uh, have you had in terms of uh, starting your own business? So the first doctor I worked for in New York City is an amazing human being. And I was really lucky to have my first job be working for him, Dr. Stephen Rappaport. And he's actually now in Israel with his family. He moved there and just decided to put his family first, basically. But just the kind of person that finds everyone interesting. And we were working with drug addicts and he was so respectful, even when someone was cursing at him. So I learned a lot from him just about respecting human beings and their story and their path and detaching, but still showing compassion, which is a really hard thing to learn. What advice would you give uh, to others uh, who are trying to make the jump from nine to five to self-employed? So my grandfather used to talk about always loving what you do and that it's never a day of work. So I think if you are so passionate about what you're doing that it doesn't really feel like work to you, then you're ready. What about those people that aren't very good at what they love doing? What, what should they do? I'm sort of this headstrong person that just keeps going until I get good at what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So I think if you're dedicated enough, but also you need to reevaluate at some point and say, is this really, am I using my talents as well as my passions? Yeah. The last question, what would it take for you to get back into a nine-to-five kind of job? I don't think there's any going back. I really don't. I think that it's just really hard to go back to someone else telling you they've set up the business and they're not going to change it no matter what you say. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks. This is great. And that was the end of the third episode of Tower Town Talks. In a week, you can listen to another interview with one of American Underground's power women, as my guest will be Megan Hene, the CEO and co-founder of Sipsprout. Among other things, we'll talk about what it's like to have a liberal arts degree when you're surrounded by developers. This episode was produced, recorded, and edited by me, Mikkel Elbeck, and the music you've been listening to was done by none other than Jason Lytle, the mastermind behind California's finest band, Granddaddy. 
If you're the kind of person that subscribes to podcasts, this is a suggestion that you subscribe to this one. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. Bye.